Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Monday. Andrew Cashflow, a.k.a. the Cashflow King. We'll also have Johnny Crypto joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple announced the SEC suffered a major setback in their securities lawsuit regarding XRP, confirming more evidence is to be removed from the SEC regarding Ripple. JP Morgan is requiring First Republic Bank centralizing the sector through the collapse of the banking market. While Coinbase is claiming that crypto is reaching a breaking point in the U.S., the world is moving forward with ISO 20022 standards. We break down the details, showing our community how projects like XRP and XLM are set to change the world of finance forever. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the Trinity Warrior Academy channel. So one of the listeners commented, bro, you're looking more and more like coach every day. I guess that's a compliment, Gonzo. Pretty cool way to start the Monday. How are you feeling this morning, my friend? And thanks for being here. Hey, what's up? Good morning, everybody. Yeah, like the, the goatee's kind of kind of growing in kind of nice, kind of getting thick there. So yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. But yeah, man, super excited to be here. You know, I miss you guys. I, I try to spend some time in the chat uh, during the week and it's tough. But um, yeah, man, had an amazing weekend. Been really going deep down into like the pairs and finding like the right uh, uh, the right altcoin to like ETH, altcoin to, to BTC pair and just backtesting what my theory is, my investment thesis. So that's going really well. And just like, you know, still doing research. Uh, it looks like, you know, we, we've made a uh, a lower high uh, in Bitcoin in the trend. And so now we basically have to kind of just wait to see what happens. We have to hold 27K or now we're making a lower low and it kind of becomes a trend reversal. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to hold 27K. I'm still leaning towards like um, this bullish trend continuing into like June, kind of like Waters. Waters backs me up on that. So, but yeah, man, super excited to be here. Absolutely. And we got the cash flow king joining us as well. Andrew, first of all, hello, good afternoon or good evening, I should say, over there in the Netherlands. How are you feeling? And thank you for being here. 5.13 p.m. here in the Netherlands. So, uh, yeah, I had an, uh, w- welcome uh, everybody uh, again. Always uh, love looking forward to this Monday that I can yeah, join a little bit here to the to the uh, Good Morning Crypto show. You know, um, yeah, what was I doing this weekend? I had nice dinner outside. It was beautiful weather in the Netherlands, and uh, it was uh, yeah very good. And actually, I'm also yeah I'm also always researching. And really, last couple of days, weeks, AI is really getting my attention. And I was thinking, you know, what is a good crypto coin for AI? And you know, I'll tell. I'm looking at Ocean Protocol. Not financial advice, but Ocean Protocol. You know, they are. They have a good team. Uh, they are uh, providing data from the blockchain because, you know, uh, uh, an, a- an AI outcome is just as good as the data you put in. Yeah, a-, a-, a very nice cake only tastes good if you put good ingredients. And 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 Ocean Protocol just yeah guarantees because it is locked on the blockchain that the data is correct and not manipulated. So. Maybe it takes a couple of years before uh, it will really takes off. But I think it's one of the early adopters of uh, AI and blockchain. Yeah. 
Who knows? Yeah. Very interesting, so, Andrew, and a great way to yeah. start this Monday, guys. We're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're at 3,904 followers. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is sitting in greed this morning at a 63. And if Johnny Crypto was here, he'd say it's a time to debate taking profits, but I would disagree, my friends. And when we check out the daily movers on the day, we've got Pepe coin up 65% on the day. I'm so sorry for all the Pepe coin holders out there. I don't know what's going on with that project. When we look at the total coin market cap, we are sitting at 1.17 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 47% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 28,400. Ethereum, 1,800. XRP, 46. Cardano is 38 cents. Avalanche, $17. And let's look at Quant Network sitting at 113 this morning. And Gonzo, before I kick it right back to you, my friend, we got 240 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I hope some of our listeners out there are holding the Pepe coin because obviously it's pumping this morning. But Gonzo, before we get into our articles, what are some of the projects that you're walking, watching? And maybe you can feel free to elaborate on what you broke down earlier. What are you anticipating for price action when it comes to Bitcoin and Ethereum? Yeah, um, I just want to address the meme coin thing because, you know, we're always so like negative about the meme coin thing. And look, we're, I'm not going to sit here and argue and say that you can't make money, but you just need to know what you're doing, right? Like there are, there are plenty of people you can follow on Twitter and there are communities that are kind of bouncing from one meme coin to another. Just understand that it, it's not something that like you hold long-term. It remains to be seen if Pepe ends up becoming like the next Shiv or Doge. But, you know, a lot of people are throwing money in and then it has like a 90% pullback. And then it goes up 30%, and then it comes down and up. And so I'm not saying that you can't make money. I'm saying that you need to pay attention. And if you do make money, like if you put in 100 bucks and it ends up 10Xs, 20Xs, whatever, make sure you pull your money out, right? And that you put it into safer assets, whatever that is for you. But don't just like kind of hold long-term. Gonzo, uh, there's but one yeah. more thing I could add, just I'll kick it right yeah. back to you on Pepe, is that everyone's talking about how this project went from $0 to over $300 million in market cap in just a couple of months. Well, let's break it down. You can't take profit. The liquidity isn't there to actually dump all that profit onto the open market. So there are people who are saying, I invested $3,000, now it's worth $3 million. Yeah, but you can't sell it. So you really don't have $3 million. You have somewhere in between. Andrew, I'd like to get a comment from you, and then we'll kick it back to Gonzo. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, liquidity is the most important thing. And you know, what do I always say? No more than two to five hundred dollars. And exactly, yep. this is also the case here. You know, it's fantastic when you see a coin pumping, and and also, you know, beforehand place already your limit orders because what what you see often in in, in bull markets. It's yeah, but what you say, it's not even sellable at that moment. But if you have already your limit order in, that's also on a first come, first serve basis. So you, you get maybe the chance that you get out. Although, you know, and from a psychological point of view, it is difficult to sell if something something is going up so very quickly. And that's where the discipline comes in, that's where your exit plan comes in, and that's where you have to be, yeah, just follow, follow your own strategy. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you're spot on, Andrew. And Gonzo brought it up himself with these projects. You get in and you get out when you have a profit to take. But guys, one of our listeners said we shouldn't be giving it airtime. And in some ways, I definitely agree. So we're going to start this show off with a video coming out of consensus this week. This is one of the most telling videos we could play to start the week off. We are on the precipice 
of a history uh, of a historical change that happens once every two to 400 years. And we've got 261 live listeners listening and ready to take advantage of this situation. So we're going to play this short clip and go back to Gonzo. Here we go. I genuinely feel the biggest financial terrorist in the world is the U.S. dollar. <laughs> All our monies are in Nostro accounts. And somebody in the U.S. can say you cannot withdraw it from tomorrow morning. And you're stuck. Yeah. That is the power of the reserve currency. And I think we are at a very crucial time in the world history where the world is desperately looking for an alternative reserve currency. These changes happen once in hundreds or hundreds of years. The ability to have real-time liquidity is transformational. You know, the, the global pre-funded, what are called Nostra-Vostra relationships, it represents something on the order of magnitude $10 trillion. If we can make that more efficient and more useful, we can actually accelerate the engine of commerce kind of on a global basis. Ripple from its earliest days has talked about how do we enable an internet of value and it really how to enabling payments to work the way you move the way information moves today. And I think that's pretty dramatic. What's so exciting, Gonzo, and this is something all of our listeners should be aware of. The reason they're telling you to invest in projects like Dogecoin, Cardano, the real utility projects are yet to take advantage of the utility that's going to flood into this market. And XRP and XLM are two of the tokens that we know are going to benefit directly off the banking systems upgrade. And I look forward to breaking it down later in the episode. But Gonzo, I just wanted to get some brief comments from you. When we look at XRP in particular, they're in a situation where all of these banks are going to make an upgrade and XRP has the technology waiting to be utilized. So before we get into the breaking news out of the SEC this week, what does it mean to you that we are on a change that happens once every two to 400 years? Yeah, you know, like I, I think when you think about the internet and, you know, its evolution is, you know, you could just kind of summarize it as it moved around data, right? It was data that was flowing out there and you'd be able to have access to and then I believe that crypto assets, crypto digital assets, whatever you want to call them, cryptocurrencies, um, is just the evolution of the internet to where now we're not moving data, we're moving money, right? Coach says this all the time, moving money at the speed of light. And one of the biggest use cases that we always talk about is what XRP does, what ODL does, right? And we see this all the time with the stories that we cover, that they continue to build these corridors from all these different countries where people go to work or to live, and then they have to send money back to their family members, and um, they're big users of that system, right? And then that doesn't even include like the banks, right? Having to send large amounts of money. And that's why, you know, we love XRP so much. But, you know, we're definitely in, and you're seeing it with the Pepe thing, um, is that we're still kind of in that speculative phase where we get these huge kind of price rips and then they come back down. Uh, but, you know, eventually we're going to shift into a utility phase where all of that speculation stuff kind of washes out and then and it's going to come in with regulation, right? Once these things get regulated out of existence, it'll be the digital assets that actually have a real world utility um, that solve a real world problem um, that I believe will still be around. And, you know, and that's why we love XLM and XRP or Casper, HBAR, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the utility part to kick yeah. in. Hey, Gonzo, talking about the real-world problem and the speculation phase. Look what's happening at the banks at the moment. Isn't that a real-world problem? And aren't they in a speculation phase already for hundreds of years? 
I think it, it's about time that, uh, that there will be a new world reserve currency, you know, and yeah, it is, it is probably not the, the US dollar, but I think it should be there and we should have a separate system which, which, are, which is coming up now and, and XRP and XLM are excellent examples of, of coins that can fulfill that task. And also because of the transparency, I think, yeah, it will be a, we are uh, looking at a sunny future. Hope Let's so. hope so. And Donald Trump seems to agree with you, Andrew. This is a 45 second clip from Donald Trump discussing how uh, not only European nations, Brazil, South Africa, and the UAE are all moving away from the U.S. dollar. And this is something that everyone should be aware of. wants to change the standard, the currency standard. And if that happens, that's like losing a world war. We'll be a second-tier country. We'll literally be a second-tier country if that happens. Now, you're losing Brazil. You're losing Colombia, South America. You're losing uh, Iran, lost it. You lost Russia. And if you haven't lost them yet, you're going to lose them. China's on the one. So China's done. Then you see France going over and over. What's going on? We're losing. If we lose our currency, that's the equivalent of losing a world war. A currency is what makes us powerful and strong. Unbelievable, Gonzo. At least we got people out there discussing the important news now. But we got 314 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'd love to get into the breaking news from this weekend because this weekend, Ripple revealed something groundbreaking when it comes to the SEC lawsuit. And on Twitter, this was the topic of discussion. Ripple versus the SEC had breaking news this weekend as Ripple stated that the SEC suffered a setback in the lawsuit. According to Ripple, the SEC failed to convince the court to provide to provide it with internal documents from Ripple. The documents in question are reportedly related to Ripple's legal advice on whether XRP is a security or not. Ripple also claimed that the documents would show that the company acted in good faith and did not intend to violate securities law. Well, we broke it down last week, Gonzo. JP Morgan could have been the one that actually incentivized the SEC to go after Ripple while they're building their product on Ethereum. And we're going to elaborate on that later in the episode. But how do you feel about this breaking news Ripple stated just a couple of months ago, single digit months until the end of the lawsuit. That would have put us in August. Now the deadline seems to be moved to the end of the year. So does this quote here mean anything to you? Yeah, you know, like I, I just take it, you know, day by day, right? Um, it, it seems like, um, you know, the SEC is continuing to kind of take L's, right? Um, and it seems like the judge is kind of taking her time to come out with this. But um, at the end of the day, all I see is opportunity. and you know, it'll happen when it happens, right? And in the meantime, um, if you don't have enough XRP and, you know, not financial advice, but continue to accumulate, right? Because we all know what's going to happen. At the end of the day, when this thing resolves and this thing actually moves, right? What's everybody going to say? Everybody's going to say, man, I you hear it all the time, right? I wish I would have invested more. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that, right? So all I do is like, that's going to resolve itself when it resolves itself. I'm going to continue to build my positions. I have my long-term positions, right? And now I'm building my short-term positions that when we get price appreciation, I'll be able to pull profits on, right? Uh, and then when we come back down, because we are going to come back down, nothing goes up forever, even if they win the lawsuit, right? We're going to get some type of correction and then I'm going to go back in, right? So I don't really, I, I stop kind of focusing on when is it going to come Right. And then just it'll come when it come. And I'm just going to do my investment thesis. And then when it happens, it happens. 
100% Gonzo. And sorry, the mute button got me back there. But guys, check out the XRP price chart before I kick it to Andrew Cashflow. Andrew, this is something we haven't seen since before the SEC was actually sued by Ripple. We're going to have a monthly candle close above this level of support here. And what gets me excited about that is we haven't seen this in nearly 18 months. And last time we did, it was at the precipice of this massive price explosion here where we went from about 25 cents to a dollar and 90 cents. And that only took under a month to do. So when XRP moves, this is one of the projects that gets me most excited because when it goes up, it goes higher than people anticipate. But when it goes into a bear market, that also lasts longer than people anticipate. But guys, we got 363 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And Andrew, I'd like to get a response from you before we play a David Schwartz video explaining how the XRPL is going through a major upgrade as we speak. Um, sorry, the mute button. Um, yeah, you know, um, this, it, it, the, the, that upgrade is, is the same as, uh, or is the same. It, it, it is always a, a, a major accomplishment if, if something needs to be upgraded, just like what we see in Ethereum. Um, from, from my heart, I'm an engineer. It always, it always works. Sometimes it gets a little bit uh, difficult, but it, it always comes back. And the advantage is, there is actually not so much risk. Oh, may, uh, uh, maybe maybe an interruption in, in, in such an upgrade. But uh, I have all the trust in, uh, in, in, in XRP. And what I wanted to say is, you know, if you load your bags and you want to hold for maybe 50 years your XRP, what I'm looking forward is because there is a limited supply of XRP, that's what you can see in the tokenomics, I hope I can lease out my XRP in the future to institutions that need it for money transfers. And, you know, that's the same as you would have bought in the, in the 1800s. You would have bought ground in, uh, in, in, in New York, in New York City. You know, ne never sell it. So that's more my thesis. And I agree with Gonzo. I also have, have a, a basket, which, which I trade with, but I also have a basket that I just hold forever. And, and the same with Bitcoin. I hold it forever. And, and I hope that my, yeah, my, my ancestors, my, 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 my family will can use it in the future and create a passive income out of it. And well, it's going to be up to David Schwartz to do that for us, Andrew. And we just got an update this week talking about how David Schwartz is preparing the XRPL to do much more than it's currently doing. We're going to play 20 seconds here and go to the group. Here we go. There are also uh, changes that are in the form of new features. One of the features that I think is, is very exciting is a feature that would allow people to launch, um, well, stable coins are the obvious use case, but it's not just stable coins. It's essentially assets pegged to some external value. Assets pegged to some external value. And we're pausing, we're pausing the video there intentionally because I'm going to break down a tweet that we found this weekend explaining how the Federal Reserve could have approved the XRPL to build a stable coin. We're going to break that down right now. So Palu is currently building an asset tied to the US dollar on the XRPL and said, there's no doubt in my mind that the Fed greenlighted the CBDC built on the XRPL. The lawsuit was a smokescreen and the Federal Reserve is working with Ripple to build central bank infrastructure. There are bigger plans at play in Gonzo. Of course, it's not Conspiracy Friday, but this is a little bit of a conspiracy here. What does it mean to you? Do you believe the Fed greenlit this CBDC experiment? Yeah, I'm not sure, Abs. I, I would be totally guessing, right, if I said yes or no. I think the more important thing is that, you know, that they're actually building it, right, that we know, we know that for a fact, is that they're working on a CBDC uh, for Palu. And so we can confirm that. And so then that's what I tend to believe. 
Um, you know what I was going to bring up is because people were talking about like buying XRP over the weekend. I opened up a Juno account. Juno is like a banking service that's an online bank, um, and you could buy up to like thirty different cryptocurrencies, and one of them is XRP. Uh, and uh, shout out to Mario. Mario turned it, turned me onto it. But if you're the kind of person that wants to just keep DCing into XRP, it makes it very very easy, right? You put you uh, you could direct deposit money into your checking account, um, and and it's FDIC insured your cash is right. Not the crypto, the cash is, but there are different ways you can cash out money into it, different ways to put money into the checking account. And it's very easy to buy XRP. And then you can move your XRP off of, uh, off of their platform if you want to into your own storage. But I just wanted to share that. Um, I, I did that this weekend, but, but yeah, abs, I, I would be guessing, but we do know that ripple is building CBDCs. And then that's what makes me bullish on, you know, on ripple. Absolutely. And before we hear from Andrew, here's a 20 second update on what uh, Ripple is currently building on the XRPL. They've got a central bank digital currency project and an asset directly tied to the US dollar. These are massive announcements here. Here we go. So what are we learning? So we've got two announced um, projects and then we've got five under NDA. Um, Royal Monetary Authority of Bhutan is a real CBDC. So there's a central bank and they've issued a currency and that's very much a, a decent stage at the moment. And Palau is actually the US dollar stablecoin. So Palau has its own government, but no central bank. So they use the US dollar. So we're issuing um, on the public blockchain, on the public XRP ledger, a USD stablecoin for this country to use. That's actually quite interesting for innovation because there's other things can be done with that and we can do a lot more interesting things. Well, Andrew, Andrew, that's a massive announcement for the XRPL for two reasons. One, we're getting confirmation of CBDCs on the public ledger. That's been a big topic of discussion. But number two, we're seeing assets directly tied to the US dollar that are not considered central bank digital currencies. So we're going to see stable coins, CBDCs, all built on the public ledger. Nothing gets me more bullish than this. What's it mean to you? You know, what? actually what I see is that because if you have an operational blockchain, or in this case, uh, uh, an XRPL, uh, XRPL ledger, you have a, actually a storage system, which is very secure and where you can guarantee ownership. And this opens such an amount of possibilities, not only for stable coins, for NFTs, for, for all kinds of other stuff. And once that is established, you will also see on top of that a lot of building software. And uh, for example, I, I wrote an article the other day about also wallet abstraction. Because nowadays you have a wallet of your bank, maybe on your, on your mobile phone. It's very easy to use. You only see what you need to see. And that's also stuff that will go uh, more and more user-friendly. So adoption can only become more user-friendly. And if you integrate that with, with, uh, with, with, with stable coins or CDBCs or, or NFTs or, or other kinds of stuff, you know, the ecosystem will get bigger and bigger and there is no way back anymore. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. And that's a great update right there, guys. I'm going to break down something even more important when it comes to the banking system. It's bigger than XRP. It's bigger than Ripple. This is the ISO implementation that's happening during 2023. And we're in a position where many of the projects we're holding are set to profit off of this innovation. So listen to this breaking news as Bob Way, a formal Ripple employee, is talking about the transition from ISO out of the traditional banking standards. He said the reason this transition is extremely helpful to Ripple's bank sales team is this means that every bank is required to implement this new technology. Banks hate to change an already working process and change can introduce new problems, which means that banks are getting fired. And of course, 
We're seeing banks around the world be centralized, Gonzo, with now J.P. Morgan taking over First Republic and making 85 banks in the U.S. now J.P. Morgan banks instead of the First Republic. So I'm going to break down this tweet and then kick it back to you. This is the number one reason most banks' uh, integrations don't happen. The new system development is extensive and risky. uh, Mistakes can generate bank losses or fines, and banks get fired. The person you are negotiating with must have a project budget, a development budget, and a risk appetite in order to evolve with this new banking system. With the mandatory 20022 change happening, the person you are negotiating with only needs to have one project budget. Money for development has already been allocated somewhere else, and nobody gets fired for following this mandate. That makes the sale much easier for Ripple to handle. And there's one more tweet I'd like to read before I kick it back to you, Gonzo. With that being said, bank software sales are still hard in process, especially with the SEC lawsuit still flooding the crypto market. But if banks wait for a settlement, their 200 ISO upgrade system will become much easier for Ripple to integrate with them. The biggest impact is going to be that even smaller banks are going to be upgrading their systems. That creates a much larger pool for the ODL compatible banks. This is amazing, Gonzo. And although we may not see the small banks survive long enough to upgrade into this system, we do know that if they survive, they're going to be compatible. So how do you feel about this update from Bob Way and the fact that ISO protocols makes it way easier for Ripple to sign additional central banks? Yeah, you know, I mean, when you look at what's going on with the banks and their collapse, we kind of knew that these bigger banks were going to come in and kind of um, centralize the power and we're watching that play out. And so when it comes to the ISO standard, right, we, we know that it, it's a messaging standard so that they can all get on the same page and they can all communicate, right? And so that's why we're so bullish on the ISO tokens because they're all going to be kind of compliant. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it just, there's a reason why, you know, big parts of our portfolio are the ISO tokens because what we're banking on, what we're, we're making a calculated guess, right? That, that they're going to be able to leverage those different blockchains uh, when, when all of this stuff kind of rolls out. Um, I know that Quincy, we had Quincy on here and, and he knows like the tech side of it. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, man, it, it just makes me more bullish on the ISO tokens, right? Whether it's XLM, um, XRP, um, you know, all the other ones that are compliant, they're, you know, they're evading me right now. But that's why a big part of our portfolio is in those. So definitely, you know, if, if you don't have any, uh, make sure you check them out, not financial advice. Absolutely. And Andrew, one of the key aspects that we've talked about when it comes to getting banks to use crypto in this new financial system is the fact that they'd have to upgrade their entire system. And that's been a big hurdle for banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America, Chase Bank. Well, now with these new upgrades, they're going to be required to go through this upgrading process. And that's going to remove a massive hurdle for these banks. So when we're referring to products like Quant Network, this was one of the biggest advantages they had is they could integrate with traditional finance and be the plug between traditional and decentralized finance. So now we're going to see that plug being removed. This is great news for Ripple and XLM. What's it mean to you, Andrew? You know that you have to change your system is not an excuse in in IT. I worked for years in IT. I've changed customer care and billing systems. And what you need to do, you have to build a parallel system next to your current system. You have to test it. And then step by step, you switch over from the old system to the new system. And it is not an excuse that you say, yeah, but we have this system from the 80s and it works fine. It's, it's BS. You know, you need, you need to follow new technology. And, you know, and if you don't like the technology, yeah, that's another question. But if all your competitors and all the other banks 
are, are stepping over step by step, you better you better start also with, with preparing yourself and to to your migration project in your bank and you know and for your customers it 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 does it doesn't matter you can just make the system in such a way that you will hide it from 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 the general public and your customers and internally you just need some good uh, good technology people and, and and project managers just to do it so there is no excuse not to do it but there are political excuses to delay it and you know but i i cannot imagine that many banks are already preparing a lot of stuff to make the transition to uh, to the new to the new uh, yeah to the new way of transferring money Absolutely. And Gonzo, I'd love to give you a chance to update people about the eclipses. One of the things I just wanted to mention before we hear from Gonzo here is during this uh, interview with Brad Garlinghouse, he elaborates on how JP Morgan was working on cryptocurrency before 2015. And he was stating how JPM was already working on offering a digital token before the SEC clarified that might not be legal. But guys, we got 395 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out this update from JP Morgan because this, this is groundbreaking news. Quick thing on JPM coin. So let's think about this. The JPM coin, they announced for institutional customers, if you give them a dollar as deposits, they'll give you a JPM coin that you then can move within the JPM ledger. Wait a minute, just use the dollar. Right. Uh, JP Morgan uh, started paying attention to Ethereum blockchain technology even before uh, public mainnet was released. Um, so they started. Let me just clarify because the audio is a little bit difficult here. JPM was going to offer a token that you would trade a dollar for, and they would give you a, uh, basically a stable coin that would operate within their ecosystem. Well, what Joseph Lubin, one of the leaders of the Ethereum network, is about to explain is that JP Morgan was working with Ethereum before it was even offered to the public. Now, the audio is a little bit difficult to hear there, Gonzo, but I'd like to get some thoughts from you. We've uncovered so much evidence for our listeners over the past week when it comes to JP Morgan working with Ethereum way before Ripple was sued by the SEC. But now we're getting clarification that they were working with Ethereum before it was offered to the public. Is this alarming for you as an Ethereum investor? Um, for me, no, right? I mean, we know that uh, ETHgate happened right? You're just kind of seeing more and more things that are being uh, uncovered with the connection of Ethereum and JP Morgan. To me, it just solidifies, right? Because regardless, we talk about this all the time about narratives, whatever that narrative is, it doesn't change my investment thesis on Ethereum. In fact, it makes me more bullish, right? Because if JP Morgan's involved and Ethereum's involved, that means that it's going to be around. Now, am I going to hold Ethereum forever? Is it kind of like my XRP bag where I'm going to take that into the future? No. Remember, I am trading Ethereum to get into different alts back into Ethereum just to stack it because it's an investment for me, right? It's not like I am some kind of Ethereum maxi where I'm going to hold Ethereum into the future, right? Yeah. Um, and so it just makes me more more bullish. And everyone has to do, like, like I said, don't get involved in the narratives. Like your investment thesis should be separate. But everybody, like Johnny always says, you got to be able to sleep at night. And if you want to stay away from Ethereum, then, then you stay away from Ethereum. My investment thesis is different than everybody else's. Absolutely. Um, Johnny Crypto, I'd love to give you a chance to introduce yourself. And Gonzo, do not let me forget. I want to remind our listeners about the Eclipse because I also want to know for myself. But guys, we got 397 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And before we hear from Johnny Crypto, 
I'm going to give you a breakdown of the breaking news that Ripple released this weekend. That way we're going to do an introduction and a response at the same time. So Ripple stated that the SEC suffered a major setback in the lawsuit this weekend, as according to Ripple, the SEC failed to convince the court to provide it with internal documents from Ripple. The documents in request reportedly related to Ripple's legal advice on whether XRP was a security or a commodity. Ripple claims that these documents would show that the company acted in good faith and did not intend to violate securities law. So, Johnny, that was spread all around Twitter this weekend, topic of conversation. So, first of all, thank you for being here. How are you feeling? And how do you feel about Ripple, again, getting a win against the SEC? Well, first of all, Abs, it's always great when you're above ground breathing. So, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. I love you guys. appreciate you guys for everything that goes on. Uh, I got a little mess back here. But, um... I, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Great to see everybody. Andrew and Super G with the hair, as always. And Ab's great to see your beautiful face as well. And everybody else out there, Susie, Ivan, and all you guys, and, and, the, and the Warrior Army, the Italian Army. But uh, this is exciting news because basically whenever you're dealing with a court case or you're dealing with something that, well, anytime you're under pressure in a lawsuit, it's always, always important to you know prove intent. That always is a good sign for you. So to be able to show, and it's so important that Ripple can show intent. Hey, that to be able to say, hey, guys, we tried to get clarity. We went and got legal opinions or we did this. We did that. All those things add up in a court case. Abs. And so they go towards um, as the judge is deciding, you know, hey, did these guys act in good faith or were they good actors? Or were they trying to be? you know, good actors. And this is the kind of stuff that's going to move the needle in the right direction. Because I do recall when we were researching this a while ago, that Ripple spent a lot of money getting legal input on what to do to ensure that this was not a security. So all those efforts shouldn't go unnoticed. And the good news is, it sounds like the SEC was trying to hide that. And I think what we're hearing here is no, 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 that isn't going to be hidden. The judge is aware of them. And that's a good thing. 100% right, Johnny Crypto. And I found an interesting chart this weekend breaking down how the entire U.S. economy is already monopolized. So when we talk about 99% of crypto tokens going away, that's just how the traditional markets operate. And we've got all of these companies right now. For any of our listeners on YouTube, I'm going to make this full screen for a short period of time. Check this out. Coca-Cola, P&G, Nestle, Johnson & Johnson, PepsiCo, Kellogg's, These companies basically own everything you see, not only in the grocery store, but in Target and Walmart as well. So when we talk about 99% of cryptos going away, well, that would be beneficial to the market because then you would have the real monopoly come in and thrive forever. But guys, we got 422 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, one of the things that we realized about Coinbase from last week was that they were actually approved to IPO before they were sued by the SEC. And that's what I want to break down for our listeners right here. As the commission believed that uh, in April of 2021, Coinbase core business violated securities law, it would have required its own mandate to prevent them from going public within the United States. Instead, it allowed the offer to proceed and millions of uh, investing members of the public invested their savings into Coinbase. Investors only suffered once the SEC brought a lawsuit against them. And we are seeing the SEC fight back stronger than ever right now. Gonzo, I'd love to get some thoughts from you before we get to cash flow. When we see Coinbase fighting for us, are they only fighting for Bitcoin and Ethereum? Or do you really believe they're fighting for the entire crypto market? You know, when you hear him talk, like they had that video with him and the attorney. Um, obviously, you know, first and foremost, they have an obligation to their shareholders because they're a public company. 
but it does seem like they're trying to like do something good for the market, right? They're trying to get the regulatory clarity, right? Because it's not just going to help them. It's going to help the other exchanges. It's going to help the crypto market overall. So, um, you know, I'm a positive person. So I'd like to believe that, you know, they're not just doing it for selfish reasons. But like I said, they are a, a public traded company and, you know, they their obligation is their shareholders, even though the shareholders might be looking at them. I, I know Kevin O'Leary was talking smack. There was an interview where he was saying that it was a bad move, that they shouldn't be trying to sue the SEC. But um, I, I, I don't agree with that at all. Right. Not that we listen to anything that Kevin O'Leary says, but like these guys, in order to further their business, they need that regulatory clarity. We've talked about this. These guys are trying to do the right thing. It's not like they're going out and trying to defraud people. It's not an FTX situation, right? They want the clarity so that they can do the right thing and then they can still kind of run their business, right? And it's totally perplexing, right? Like they're a publicly traded company. They met with the SEC several times before they went public and they were all good, right? We've talked about this. Uh, they, there were zero issues. Now, all of a sudden, a couple of years later, now you're trading securities like it's totally asinine, right? So I'm glad that they're standing up for themselves. Um, and when you think about it, like they're going to probably be like Ripple, where they have the money to defend themselves, not like a library who probably had a good case, but didn't have the money, right? They had a million dollars and that's about it. So they either get like um, sued out of existence or they go completely bankrupt. So, you know, I'm glad that Coinbase is standing up for themselves. Andrew, and I'd love to play this video right after we get a response from you because the Algorand Foundation is the latest person or the latest organization to feel a bullet from the SEC as the SEC is now claiming Algorand is an unregistered security. I'm not sure if you wanted to give a response before Gonzo, so I'm going to give you the open floor. And if not, I'll play this Algorand video. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Brian Armstrong, I think he is a, he's a, he's a smart man. The, the CEO of, uh, of Coinbase. And I would also be very, very, very annoyed be, because you, you see what's happened with Kraken, with, with, you know, they all have to stop everything. It is so unclear what is happening there. You know, you try to build up a business, you're working your ass off to, to make a beautiful company. And you, only what you get is, yeah, a headwind from a from an from an uh, from from an institution that needs to protect uh, uh, co consumers and, and investors. I mean, it's 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 insane, and uh, you know, and I I I love uh, Brian Armstrong for what he's doing, and I think you know, and uh, we can pr uh, all, the whole crypto space can profit and can 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 have a win because of this lawsuit. The more attention we get against the SEC, the better it is. Absolutely. And that's what was so exciting for me just a couple of weeks ago when Gary Gensler was put on the hot seat during that financial committee meeting. But guys, this is the groundbreaking video I'd love to show our listeners from today. This is someone talking about how the SEC accused Algorand of being an unregistered security and how people of Ethereum, well, they're drawing very similar cases here. I'm going to play this and go back to the group. Here we go. About the Bittrex case where they, where they named Algorand as a little one, is that basically, you know, if you look at the record of what the SEC has gone after, in terms of enforcement actions, you know, they, the, in terms of big L1s, they've gone after EOS, they've gone after Telegram, uh, and then, you know, they haven't actually gone after Algorand, but they, they, they named EOS, Telegram, Ripple, uh, basically being like the big L1 that they've gone after. And then most everything else they go after is like some random weird DeFi money market thing or some like basically borderline scam uh, is most of the stuff that they end up being enforcement actions to. 
which seems to imply, or at least if you look at the pattern of behavior, L1s that are run by like reputable people seem to be mostly left alone, right? He has not gone after the Algorands, the Solanas, the polka dots, the, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like the kind of shady ones that are not going to play well in court. I think that's like mostly the, the, the strategy that he's taken. So naming Algorand as a security seems like very out of character. I think it surprised a lot of people, not because Algorand doesn't share a lot of features with other things that he's named as securities, because they did do an ICO and obviously, you know, there's a team and blah, blah, blah. But it is surprising that something that's like a Turing Award winner, MIT professor, that's like not what the SEC goes after. And Gary Gensler previously worked and promoted Algorand. He said he worked with one of the founders. He's a great man, trustworthy man. These are Gary Gensler's words. And then he complimented him for many of the decentralized apps that he was developing on Algorand. So Gonzo, I do have my own conspiracies when it comes to how the SEC is going after Ethereum. They're going to come after Ethereum at some point with a lawsuit, whether they do it by regulating exchanges or going after consensus. And this clip really highlights that for me. But what does it mean to you, Gonzo? What stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, we've seen the video of uh, Gary Gensler talking about Algorand, and, you know, he gives the example of you can build a decentralized Uber on top of it, right? So it was very uh, shocking when he did that, but, like, nothing should shock us now that what Gary Gensler does. But all I saw was an opportunity, right? Um, we didn't even get that big of a price correction. I mean, Algorand's not doing good this morning, but all I see is opportunity. I was able to get into an Algorand ETH trade, um, and so... You know, all, all I saw is opportunity, but I, I think you're right. There's there's so much pressure and so much stuff going out. And Gary Gensler is kind of, unless he gets reeled in, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some kind of lawsuit that's connected to Ethereum, right? Now, whether that affects the price or not, that remains to be seen. I hope it does. Like, I would love it if we went down to that $800 level. And we were telling people like in the academy, like, hey, $1,000 and below would be a great entry. And so if we could get back down to those levels, dude, like Johnny likes to say, I'd back up the truck, right? Because, I mean, if you would have got in at those prices right now, you'd still be uh, double, right? Uh, and that's not even including what it's going to do in the next bull run, right? So, um, yeah. Johnny, I'd love to give you a chance to comment on that pie chart. I'll pull it up in the background. Yeah, you know, what's funny. Um, there was a, a, a man out there who had said, that if you gave everybody like a million dollars or something like that, all the money would end up in the hands of like one or 2% of the people. And this is exactly why when you look at this chart, you can see here <laughs> that no matter where you spend the money, look at where it's going. It's only going to what? 10 companies, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 10 companies. So you can see it's a very simple equation. You put money in and the money all comes out into the hands of these 10 companies. That That's the bottom line. And so that's why it, it almost doesn't matter where the money goes or where how the money's distributed or handed out when you give money out to, you know, for example, when, when the C word came out, right? And everybody was handing money. <laughs> All that money's going to go. It'll go to the people because people are going to spend it, right? And now you see where they're going to there's a high probability they're going to get Ronnie, here, If I could just add to that, this is what we talk about all the time when we talk about the economic pyramid. 11 companies sit at the top of the economic period. So yeah. whether you spend your money in any store, basically any store in the United States, it's landing in one of these companies. And let me just share something else. When they ask you to donate to a charity on the cash register, that's not going to charity. So somebody tried to give me a hard time because I wouldn't donate a dollar the other day. But I said, I'm like, do you know where your company's donating this money? They said, no. 
I said, well, it's actually a tax exemption rule where they're able to take that money, donate it against their profit and use it as a tax exemption. So if you do want to donate to charity, don't do it at your local supermarket. Take the initiative to actually donate to a charity and maybe don't be critical of people who know the rules. But Johnny Crypto, I'd like to get your take as well. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great ad, Abs. Absolutely. You always ask where your money, if you're donating, is going. It's most of the times, you know, a good chunk of it doesn't even go to the charity you're donating it to. It goes to either the people that run it or something else. So, so important. Great question, Abs. Great build. But yeah, just know that it doesn't, it, wherever we, wherever the money comes from, it's all going to end up in the hands of most likely those 11 companies, which all, by the way, I believe <laughs> BlackRock has a piece of them, I believe. But anyway, I just wanted to, uh, you know, close the loop on, you know, no, pie, no, no pun intended on that pie chart. Spot on, Johnny Crypto. And we've got some breaking news for Ripple as well. Not only did they announce a major win when it comes to the SEC lawsuit, China Bank partners with QNB to enable remittance services using Ripple's ODL system. And I'm really excited to break it down. But before we do that, we're going to show you guys the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It is the smartest way to track your crypto, but when it comes to groundbreaking updates for Merlin, we are going to be present at XRP Las Vegas. Me, Gonzo, Johnny, Jackie, Coach JV, Jeremy, anybody that I'm forgetting, we are going to be at XRP Las Vegas. And one of these members, or actually two of us, are going to be on stage at the event. So I'm super excited for the opportunity to be out there. And I'm very excited to present Merlin to everyone in attendance. But let me just remind you, in case you don't know, Merlin does not custody your crypto and you get 30 days absolutely free. So if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what you're waiting for. But with that being said, we're going to dive into this article about how Ripple is opening up the floodgates when it comes to ODL and the fact that XRP is 100% being used in Ripple's ODL system. So China, a Philippine banking institution, has partnered with Qatar National Bank to enable direct transfer of funds through RippleNet's payment technology from Qatar to the Philippines. China has said that its partnership is uh, its overarching goal is to better serve Filipinos who are looking to transfer money cross border. Both banks may allow immediate XRP payments during Ripple's ODL system, eliminating the need for time consuming and expensive corresponding banking agreements in English, getting rid of Nostro Vostro accounts, Johnny. So I just wanted to get some real thoughts, real brief thoughts here. How do you feel about Qatar extending this partnership and moving overseas regardless of the lawsuit? For me, I love it. Um, you know, again, I want to continue to see a drumbeat of countries adopting the XRP, uh, or I should say Ripple, RippleNet's product in the ODL. And I certainly want to see them be being using the XRP uh, token on the ODL. That's the holy grail. That's what we're looking for. And we just want to continue to see that adoption over and over and over again. 
from these different countries uh, and banks to be able to build the volume um, demand that we need to, to eventually drive the price of XRP up. So for me, that's a very exciting moment. Everybody should be excited, but we need more of these. This is just the start. But like I said, I think that in one way, the SEC did, did Ripple a favor by pushing them outside the U.S., and now they're focusing on building a global network rather than a U.S. network, which in the end may be just as good. You still need the U.S. to be successful because we're such a big market. But starting and building that, that market globally and then hopefully the U.S. bringing it in would be great. You know, another thing I saw yesterday with SWIFT is that, you know, they were talking about the adoption of uh, potentially XRP, Stellar, and IOTA through the ISO regulations working with SWIFT. So that'll be another interesting thing. I tweeted that out. You guys can read that article. I'll just go to my Twitter page. But that could be, yeah, there it is. So this is another big, so you can just see a lot of momentum being built right now between Ripple, XRP, the ODL, and interesting Stellar as well. Absolutely. And one of our listeners commented on this, Gonzo. They said, isn't Algorand somehow connected to the Clinton Foundation? Somewhat. So what happened is Algorand hosted an event in the UAE and the Clintons were there. They took pictures with some of the founders of the organization. But there was a video I was looking to play and it's right here. Many people haven't seen this. So if you're an XRP investor, we're going to Andrew and Gonzo first on this article. But this is a really exciting update as back in 2018, Ellen DeGeneres and Ashton Kutcher were donating $4 million and they were using XRP. This is what I call subconscious programming of the masses. Here we go. So Ripple is basically a platform to allow people to transfer money from bank account to bank account, person to person, really securely, really simply, really quickly. Uh -huh. Okay. So we found this company, we thought it was really, really interesting. And it runs on this stuff called XRP, which is a cryptocurrency, but basically it's just a way to get value from here to there. Whoop, whoop. They actually really care about being an ethical company and, and giving a portion of this platform away to people that are doing good in the world. Mm -hmm. So on behalf of Ripple, we'd like to give you $4 million. Now, usually people come out with a big giant check and do the like big giant check thing. But we can actually transfer it into Rwandan France right now, right here. And all we have to do is push this button and it's in your account. So basically, they do an example of how the ODL system works in the instantaneous payments. But Gonza, what do you think? We got Ellen DeGeneres and Ashton Kutcher talking about XRP. Is this a sell signal? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, how old did, when did that video happen? Dad? This is from you 2018. Know? So you know, what's funny? Oh, okay. Right so, after yeah, the bull run, right after the bull run, they released this video and then the price just went down forever. And, much. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like when we see things like this, I mean, Hey, look, overall, it's great. It, like you're saying subconscious mind programming, it's putting it out there. So the people that are non-crypto kind of hear it and they get used to it. But usually when we see an event like that, what happens, uh, it's, uh, sell the news, right? Buy the rumor, sell the news. It's the same thing that we saw with Doge and Saturday Night Live, right? When Elon Musk, they thought it was going to go to the moon, but that was actually the high point and that was the time to sell. So I, I haven't looked at the chart, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was like the peak. And then like you said, all of a sudden it comes down. So uh, when we're in the speculation phase, that's what you're going to see a lot of. By the time it makes mainstream news and everybody's talking about it, that is your sell signal, right? That is your time to de-risk. That is your time to, as uh, Waters like to say, GFO. 
Absolutely, Gonzo. Many people out there are agreeing with you. Johnny, I'd like to get some additional comments from you as well. Then we're going to break down a video with Andrew Cashflow talking about how JP Morgan is centralizing the banking industry set to make over half a billion dollars from their acquisition of First Republic. But getting back to the Ashton Kutcher news, what does this mean that, like Gonzo said, this is a sell signal. When you see the sheeple out promoting a currency like this, you know they're using you as exit liquidity. Yeah. That's right on. It's, it's, it was literally the Elon Musk moment of Doge. It's the same thing. When, when you know, they always say this. When you walk into the store and you hear the clerk or the register, the register clerk talking about something you own, get the F out. It's time to sell because if the clerk knows about it, everybody and their mother knows about it. And it's too late and it's time to go. And so, you know, that's uh, back then, this might have been one of those exit moments. Uh, but again, that was so long ago, it doesn't matter at this point. But it certainly is a good example when you saw the same thing happening. You know, once these big voice pieces and popular celebrities start talking about something, you know, it's time. Hey, you know, look at the example with um, uh, what the hell's the name of the actor with for crypto.com? You know, he was there. Amen. Promoting- who was it? Was it Matt Damon and the crypto? Yeah, yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, again, Matt Damon again. You know, he was out there promoting the shit out of crypto.com, and then that thing crashed too. So, so again, uh, always good examples. That's a that's actually we should build that in the Merlin. Like, hey, if a celebrity talks about it, get the f out. That's be part of your exit plan. But I'll tell you what, another thing you do: go go join this man's course right below me here, or now he's to the left of me, or to the right of me up there. Uh, he's got a course on how to how to actually create an exit plan if you don't know how to do that. Join Andrew's course, learn how to do that, and then use Merlin and put your learnings into Merlin. So, so it's perfect. Andrew's course and our app work great together because you can learn how to create an exit strategy, and then you can actually put it into Merlin, and Merlin will send you alerts when it's time to get that out uh, based on what you put in. So another way to use it, and, and you know, yeah, maybe one day we'll have like a celebrity <laughs> celebrity news point. Get out. Absolutely. We can you know, call it the GA, the GFO alert. It'll just the GFO alert. GFO, I like GFO. <laughs> celebrity CGFO. We're called the celebrity GFO alert. I love it. That's and the biggest awesome. project that these celebrities were pumping. If anybody can remember, FTX had Steph Curry, LeBron James, Tom Brady, Mark Wahlberg. The actors go on and on, but that was the biggest red flag. Whether it was Kevin O'Leary or the actors promoting it. That's a red flag for the market. But check out this breaking story. And Andrew, I'd love to go to you first here. As JP Morgan is acquiring a troubled First Republic bank, and they're set to make nearly half a billion dollars per year. But here's a couple important details. The FDIC then entered into a purchase agreement and assumption agreement with JP Morgan to protect depositors. JP Morgan will assume all the assets of First Republic Bank, including $230 billion in assets and $103 billion in deposits. 84 locations of First Republic Bank are also going to be J.P. Morgan and Chase. So the centralization of banking is happening right before our eyes, Andrew. What do you believe is most important from this article? Guess which bank is the biggest bank in the U.S.? J.P. Morgan. Yeah, they have assets more than three trillion. This is just it. Is, this is a cheap buy, you know, and they they they. They try to do to be the nice guy here in in the, in the public because yeah we protect you, you as an as an individual customer and uh, yeah we are we are doing switch much you know they they buy it all uh, very 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 cheap they increase their 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 balance they they buy it by the way with money from thin air yeah they just coming coming from from everywhere so uh, you know yeah it, it it's good that it happens however. 
I, I, I always think, and, and this statement from the from the uh, uh, from this this guy in Switzerland, there is a sort of meeting uh, every year in Davos, and they say, "You own nothing, and you will be happy." No, this, this is what's happening. They are buying everything. Johnny, not only are they buying everything, they're buying everything at a discount. And when I see First Republic be bought up by JP Morgan, what it tells me is that big banks are incentivized to let smaller banks fail and then purchase those assets at a discount with someone with way more experience than me. What alarms you, Johnny? Mute button. Well, I mean, I mean, the problem with this, you don't want monopolies are not a good thing um, because once you lose um, competition, then it's easy to drive prices up, right? And less products, less innovation, all that happens when you have uh, a monopoly because there's no incentive to, to have to create good products for competition. So competition is a good thing. And what you don't want to see is all these banks being bought up by just a few of them because then you're going to minimize uh, competition, which means innovation goes down and, and prices go up. So I never like to see a large number of, of uh, you know, you know, it's the same companies buying. I mean, as Andrew just said, you know, JPM is now the hugest, hugest in the U.S., and they're only going to continue to get bigger because now the big fish can easily swallow up the little fish, and so that's what you're going to see here. Not a great thing, in my opinion, but it is what it is. It's just how the world works, and and so if something fails, there's always going to be somebody there willing to buy it for pennies on the dollar. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to buy a fire sale, right? Abs? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Johnny. And I want to break down one more thing. Cause I just realized we're running out of time. This is a former sec official making some bold statements about the XRP lawsuit. John Stark admitted that the sec's actions in the XRP lawsuit led to investors losing billions of dollars. These tokens failed to meet the criteria of both an investment and a currency adding that fraudulent activities are deeply rooted within the crypto ecosystem. But when he was asked about the SEC's actions leading to billions being wiped out of XRP, he said, in the end, the investor is the one that typically gets it the worst, which is devastating. So you're seeing SEC officials admit right here, if anyone's going to get hurt from this lawsuit, it's the ones they're supposed to be protecting. 30 seconds here, guys. What's it mean to you, Rudder? Hypocrisy at the highest level. I mean, that's, you know, we're looking for protection. Instead, you get, pow, you get slapped with a, a big loss. And that's exactly what happened to a lot of XRP holders. And so... You know, but the problem is there's no accountability at the end of the day. See, at the end of the day, you can talk about it till you're blue in the face. The reality is those people lost their money and nothing's going to happen to the SEC. They're going to because they're just doing their job. That's, you know, that's what they're going to say. That's a sad truth. And on a positive note, guys, like I said, XRP's price chart just had an exciting monthly close last night, testing that 48 cents as a level of support and hopefully leading us into a bullish May. But we got 397 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I'm so sorry. I forgot about the eclipse. So we have 30 seconds here. Is there anything that you can fill us in on in just like a minute or so? No, I kind of covered it in the chat. You know, we had the solar eclipse on 420. We're in the solar phase now of Bitcoin. We have the lunar eclipse on May 5th and 6th. Uh, it's up to debate on whether we're going to get a, a strong pullback like we did in the lunar phase. That was last November. Remember the big crash, FTX, and then Terra Luna. That was in June. Um, and so we're going to get some kind of pullback. We just don't know. Is it going to be a big pullback like we did the last lunar eclipse? Or because we're in the solar phase, do we get a smaller pullback? But uh, definitely Waters has talked about this, and I'm leaning into it too, that we could still get bullish price action going into June, a little bit past May. But then after that, 
something's going to happen that's going to bring us down uh, the rest of the year. And then we have those eclipses that are later on in the year that uh, will not be well. Remember Thank the old adage, jobs sell in May and go away. And but always remember, return in September. And we got 406 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Andrew Cashflow. And thank you to Johnny Crypto himself. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's, Let's go. Let's go. Love you guys. Love you, bro.